So yeah, good and good on you, boomers. Enjoy your time. What are they spending their money on? Did it, That's does it a say? great question. Well, the opening line said cruises and restaurants. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Vacation, so, yeah. That type of stuff. Yeah. Gambling, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Speculating on that one. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. It is the end of an era, literally. Pat Sajak, who has entertained millions as the host of Wheel of Fortune for more than 40 years, has decided that it's time for him to hang it up. He's going to retire. So he made the announcement on Twitter that he said that time has come now, that he is going to move on. ABC's Andrew Dimbert has a little bit more on it. For 40 years and more than 7,000 shows, Pat Zajac is taking one last spin of the wheel. Under the wheel of final spin. 76-year-old announcing his retirement, saying, Well, the time has come. I've decided that our 41st season, which begins in September, will be my last. It's been a wonderful ride. So who will replace him? Oh, no idea. And uh, we assume Vanna White will likely cut out here soon, too, because the two of them always said they were just going to work together. Uh, on the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620, one suggestion for a new host is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes in New York yeah. first, maybe. So Yeah, so maybe he'll be the one. Actually, the, I have to admit, the only thing that I ever think of when I, when I hear or hear anyone talk about wheel is like when the person clearly has the phrase up there except for like two letters and then still gets it wrong somehow. (laughs) One of my favorite things. Yeah, I love it. You scream at your TV. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Not scream, but yeah, I'll get excited. So Pat Sajak, hanging it up after 41 seasons. How about that? That is a career. It is 614. Brandon Snide has all the sports in a minute. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. For the first time in their franchise history, the Denver Nuggets accomplished something on Monday night they have never done before. Looking, looking. Finds Truce back to Larry. There it is. Three putters. Won't go. Rebound called on Pope. They're not going to foul. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. Mike Breen on the call on ABC as the Nuggets go on to win the game 94-89 over the Heat. And they obviously win the series four games to one, clinching their first title in 47 years. These moments are surreal. I got in the league 22, 23 years ago, and I dreamed of becoming a head coach. This is like a many, many year long process, and you don't do it by yourself. And from my family, from my wife, from my daughters, from my mother and father, from my three sisters and my two brothers and everybody else along the way, I just want to say thank you. You know, for believing in me and supporting me and uh, and just giving me that unconditional love. The Denver Nuggets, your 2023 NBA champions. Mike, Eric, did you guys have Denver on your bingo card as the NBA champion this year? Absolutely. Picked it from the start. Yeah, I, knew you, I, knew you, I knew you did. I knew you did. From the beginning of the season, no. But once the playoffs started, I feel like it kind of became yeah. pretty evident that whether it was going to be the Heat or the Celtics or whoever was going to play them, they were going to be a real problem. And they've been there before. Like, they've been in the in the bubble. They went to the Western yeah. Conference. I mean, they've been one of the top teams. So, 
congratulations to to the Denver Nuggets winning their first title in 47 years. To the Diamond, where the Milwaukee Brewers begin the day one game back of the Pittsburgh Pirates for the top spot in the National League Central Division. The Brewers are in Minnesota tonight to begin a two-game trip against the first-place Twins. Corbin Burns is expected to get the start. Our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ at 6.05. From the Diamond to the Gridiron as the Green Bay Packers and a handful of other NFL teams get set to kick off their mandatory minicamp today. The Packers will look to lean heavily on multiple young receivers this season. Count Christian Watson as one who is turning heads early and often for Matt LaFleur. Christian, certainly you can feel his speed out there. And just where he is at in terms of his knowledge of the offense is, is night and day. He, he is a real leader in that room and does an outstanding job. Christian Watson, the greatest receiver in Packer history. <laughs> right? No, okay, not yet. The Packers will conclude their oh mini camp on Thursday afternoon. 618, what in the world are you going to do with those kids this summer? That story next. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this. Mama said, Mama said, Mama said, Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this. All right, summer is upon us. For most parents, they got kids now that probably are looking for a thing or two to do if they don't have camps or don't have other activities taking place for the summer months. Joining us on Wisconsin's Morning News from MKEWithKids.com, it's Kelly Herbst. Kelly, I got to ask you, so one of the issues, I shouldn't say it's an issue, but it's something that we have to make sure we pay attention to every year, the chore list. (laughs) <laughs> making sure that the kids have something to do when they don't have activities on a certain day. Are you there yet with your kids where they have activities or chores that they have to accomplish? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Well, my oldest is 12, and okay. then I've got a 9- and a 7-year-old. So, yes, he is in charge of emptying the dishwasher every morning, nice. and it makes my life so much easier. Um, and then my daughter has been doing, like, filling the bowl for, of food and water for the dog and then, like, watering the plants. The only problem is I'm, like, hesitant. to. She just started the plants chore, and it's like, oh, God, I hope these plants survive this. So I'm going to, like, I'm trying to, like, be observant and kind of do it with her at first. So mine are just a touch older than yours, and, and one of the issues we're running into is that they're all starting to bargain with each other <laughs> because some chores seem to be easier to do than others or just aren't as messy or don't take as long. So we've actually considered doing like a chore draft. We've done versions of a chore draft in the past where they can pick on their own <laughs> which one they're going to do. But then I there's, love it. That's great. <laughs> but it just it never works out perfect because then there's some uh, shenanigans on who picks first, who picks second, and for how long and all that. But I love that they're doing. I love that. it. That's so fun. The other thing I would say is, and this might be might not other parents might not feel comfortable with this, but. Um, so I really trust my 12 year old. And what I've done is I've put like a big stack of $1 bills in my front desk drawer. And he, I tell him after you do your chores each day, just grab the, the dollar bill. Cause it was nice. hard to keep track of. I think what was happening is he was doing the chores. And then at the end of the week, I wasn't following through with actually paying him. So then he, he started to lack motivation. So that's really helped keep up. Like he actually does the work and mm-hmm. then he actually gets the money. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then there's that whole big conversation about what is considered a chore that can be paid for and what is considered just helping around the house. <laughs> we, oh, we... I love this conversation. I just said this to my daughter yesterday. I said, I am not paying you for these chores that I've given you. If you're not doing the like basic things, like picking up, you know, after yeah. your room and putting your dishes in the sink. 
So that's what I, that's how I handle that. So aside from chores, of course, there are always a million different things that you can do in and around Milwaukee when it comes to the summer months. At mkewithkids.com, you got a great list, uh, some that cost a little bit of money, but even some that are pretty much free for uh, parents to bring their kiddos to. Yeah, and there's one this weekend, actually. So Sunday down at Summerfest at that brand new, beautiful Northwestern Community uh, Mutual Community Park, there is a Sunday Family Sunday. It's totally free, so it's on Father's Day. Um, we're actually a media sponsor for it, which is really fun because we're going to be down there, oh, nice. like with a with a booth. But they're doing, um, they'll have a full day of family programming from like Milwaukee Ballet and um, Miso, and they'll have like face painting and tie dye and balloon artists. It's going to be so much fun, and it's totally free. And they're actually doing four of them this summer, so people can look for the dates online. You know, and Kelly, and some of these aren't immediate things that would come to mind. I mean, you have the zoo on here, the Marcus Performing Arts Center, but you also point out some great. I know Eric and his family are big hikers. There's some great nature center stuff to do here as well. Yeah, so we love the waterfall hike at Ware Nature Center in Franklin. It's absolutely beautiful. You don't you, you don't even believe it's like right in Milwaukee County. Um, and it's super easy for kids. And that's why we include it on here. It's a flat, short hike from the nature center to this really pretty waterfall. There's also at that, that nature center several other really family-friendly, kid-friendly trails, right? They're flat, they're easy, but you're outside in nature, you're enjoying the weather. Um, so yeah, we always like to include uh, nature hikes. Kelly Herbst joining us from mkewithkids.com. Got a great list posted on their website of the 50 things you can do in the Milwaukee area with your kids. So are you a road trip family or do you like taking to the plane? <laughs> well, we love to do like little day trips here and there just to break up the summer. Like we like to go to um, Port Washington. They have that really cool playground, possibility mm-hmm. playground, and then a really cute Main Street area. We I, we like to go once a year or so to that Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center. It's so cool, so educational, air-conditioned for a really hot day. Um, so, yeah, we like to do day trips every every now and then. All right, so Sunday again, where are you going to be if people want to go say hi when you're at the uh, the event there on Sunday? I am going to be at the Northwestern Mutual Community Park, free family programming all day. There's also free parking, by the way, in Lot G. So they're really trying to make this, like, easy for families and a really fun day for Father's Day. MKEwithkids.com is the website. Kelly Herps, thank you so much, and enjoy the chores being done today. I will. Thank you. Yeah, CNN reporting that baby boomers right now are living it up, splurging on cruises and restaurants. Meanwhile, younger Americans are struggling just to keep up. Bank of America internal data shows a significant gap in spending that's opened up recently between older and younger generations. I would have assumed this was always the case. I'm with you. You have more disposable income, you'd think, in your 50s and 60s. Right. And then you get the Social Security. While baby boomers are ramping up spending, Gen X, Gen Z, and millennials are cutting back as they grapple with high housing costs and student debt and all that kind of stuff. Uh, The senior economist at Bank of America told CNN it's fairly unusual how this is playing out. What they're noticing, though, is that Social Security has gotten a big boost recently. So recipients are seeing a nearly 9% cost of living adjustment, more than they were before. So it's about like 150 bucks, um, which is good for those who don't make as much. But what they're noticing is, is that spending for those who are affluent, baby boomers, is also up. So they're just living life. Spend it if you got it. You can't take it to the grave with right. you.
Sorry, Johnny and Sally. You can live in the basement all you want. Well, it's because their kids are spending less, so they have to spend more because someone's got to, you know, buy more food if you're living at home and things like that. So, yeah, good good on you, boomers. Enjoy your time. What are they spending their money on? Does That's it a say? great question. Well, the opening line said cruises and restaurants. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Vacation, so, yeah. That type of stuff. Yeah. Gambling, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Speculating on that one. 643, Brennan has extra points next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After waiting 47 years, the Denver Nuggets are waking up this morning as NBA champions. This coming after beating the Heat 94-89 to in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Nikola Jokic led the charge for the Nuggets, scoring 28 points and snagging 16 boards, earning himself the Finals MVP. To baseball, after losing four straight, which included three to the Oakland A's, the Brewers are in Minnesota tonight to begin a two-game road trip. Corbin Burns is expected to get the start for the Brew Crew. Our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ at 6.05. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Denver Nuggets are waking up this morning wearing that NBA crown for the first time in their 47-year franchise history. It was quite the run for the Nuggets, and it also got me thinking while watching the game last night how the titles in Denver and in Milwaukee echo many similarities. Go back to 2021 where the Milwaukee Bucks won their second title after waiting 50 years. Throughout NBA history, only six players born outside the United States have gone on to win an NBA Finals MVP. The Nuggets are led by their Serbian MVP, Nikola Jokic, who fought his way to NBA stardom, overcoming numerous obstacles to get where he is at. The Bucks, on the other hand, while we know the story around Giannis Antetokounmpo and his rise to NBA stardom, he's also a former NBA Finals MVP. The city of Denver, although a much more populous city, is very, very similar to basketball popularity in Milwaukee. The Bucks won their title with critical additions in the offseason, such as Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday, and midseason addition of P.J. Tucker. The Nuggets, on the other hand, won theirs with crucial additions to the likes of Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Aaron Gordon. Both teams, in my opinion, have done a great job of building through the draft and adding talent in vital offseason moments. Both winning coaches, Mike Budenholzer and Mike Malone, believe it or not, each started their head coaching careers in 2013. The bottom line here, teams like the Nuggets and the Bucks winning NBA titles while building their teams in the same way are nothing but great for the game of basketball, despite what the league wants you to believe. Mike, have you done the beer gardens yet? You've been out there basking in the sun. We've stopped at a couple. Yeah, we've done South Shore and Estabrook so far this year. Always a big fan of the beer gardens. Joining us now on Wisconsin's Morning News is the General Sentinel's Lori Nickel. Lori, I know you've been out there enjoying a cup or two. <laughs> Absolutely, I've been. Well, I've been to a couple, but usually it's because there's a 5K there. I'm there mm-hmm. for the run, not for the beer. <laughs> I get it. But you made an interesting observation that when you have beer gardens, there's a lot of good things about them, obviously. It brings camaraderie. It might have events attached to it. It could even bring revenue to said park or district or whatnot. However, there is that trash component that goes along with it. Yeah, and I think, 
You know, I like to cycle a lot, bike a lot, and and jog a lot. And when you're outside, you notice these things more than you would maybe from your car driving to work or whatever. And I noticed this actually two weeks ago during the um, Ride for the Arts, the UPAF Ride for the Arts at the lakefront, which is June 4th. And we went on a Sunday morning and we left at 7.30 in the morning. And all along just the Milwaukee lakefront, in fact, there was so much trash. And I don't mean like overflowing garbage cans. I mean just like trash blowing around everywhere, mountains of it. (laughs) And we're biking by and I'm thinking, well, how is this all going to get cleaned up? I didn't see anybody out there. And that's, you know, for people who are like outdoor people, this it's not a good look. And then I started noticing as I was going to beer gardens and stuff, which are in some of my favorite parks, like Manuka in Waukesha is one of my favorite parks to run in or go mountain biking. Um, they have a lot of great activities there several days a week now, and I'm, it's awesome if it's bringing in revenue. But the amount of trash left behind sometimes is pretty stunning as well. It hasn't been every day. I've only noticed it once. Um, and maybe just people didn't have time to go clean it up. But I don't, I don't think we can count on other people cleaning it up. I think it's really up to us to do that. You know, I, I don't think there's somebody, a maid, coming along to clean up the forests and, right. and waterways. I wonder about that, too, if it's a, a matter of just not enough garbage cans, if it's a matter of laziness, it's, if it's a matter of Mother Nature just blowing stuff out of garbage cans. You know, in fact, I've even heard, I, I know of one association that uh, that I've been at in Walworth County where they don't have garbage cans in the parks. And the reason they don't have yeah. garbage cans is because they want to force you to bring your garbage with you when you leave. Totally. That's, that's the rule with national parks, especially if you go to somewhere like Yellowstone or Glacial National Park, whatever. But it's just a rule in general. And I know we're taught that as as athletes and cyclists. You take out whatever you bring in. And even better than that, though, like besides the fact, like if, I, if I'm do, doing a run and I have a little gel pack or something, I don't throw that on the ground. I put it in my pocket and throw it away later. But there's a huge movement in at least the athletic world to not have any trash at all. You bring your own reusable water bottle, you know, the smaller kind that you carry or strap onto your waist or um, like Silver Circle sports events, when they do their trail runs and they do them all summer long, it's supposed to be cup free, meaning they're not giving out those little plastic cups that are going to get blown around and lost and left out, you know, especially in the waterways. Um, You get a reusable crushable cup that you can truly just crush up and put in your pocket and it's a lot some people complain i know but it it's a nice way to kind of keep these places litter free or at least cut down on how much incidence there is in the first place i don't know if you've seen that with golf or anything like that but that's us in athletics the journal sentinels laurie nickel joining us on wisconsin's morning news so you're gonna write a strongly worded column about this and call some people up (laughs) well I know because, well, I don't know. I want to take pictures. I have Googled this. Nobody else is like, seems to be covering this on Twitter. Am I the only one bothered by this? What I did do is 
buy one of those trash tongs that folds up to carry on my bike. But now I haven't figured out how to carry the garbage bag and stuff Ah. with it, you know, so I haven't figured that out yet. Maybe when I figure it out, I'll ask. But, you know, again, it's I, I, I used to hear the reputation Milwaukee had, you know, for being such a clean city. My father would say that all the time in the 50s and the 60s. I don't know if you guys Mm. have ever heard that. But um, I just don't see, like, anybody being upset about this as much as I am. But I'm telling you, the Milwaukee Lakefront looked awful, all our parks. And I mean from Bradley Beach or Bradford Beach, you know, McKinley Marina, all the way down. It wasn't just certain areas. There was just trash all over that area and and trash in Lake Michigan as well. And, you know, I hope we're more careful than that because it's not good for the environment for sure. Uh, If we end on a high note, what's your favorite beer to have at some of these beer gardens? Um, Root beer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's fine. You be you, Lori. You be you. Lori Nickel. I don't know. Yeah, give me a recommendation. Maybe I'll try something. Try a happy place or something like that. Although I don't know if the... Not sure if they have happy place. At, uh, I just in, like the classic, the one that comes in the giant mug. That's the go-to. The, mm-hmm. Whatever the classic, the German Dunkel, I think it is. Ah, uh, there it is. I just say, give me your most popular it's one. Light, <laughs> light <laughs> and cheap. The German Dunkel. Yeah, go yeah. with that. <laughs> just say Dunkel. Okay, They'll know what you mean. Good. Thank you, Lori. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Lori Nickel from the Milwaukee Journal. It is 6.57. By the way, the forecast was sponsored by Dave Dre Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Business headlines now from the Milwaukee Business Journal. It's Margaret Notchek. Rogers Behavioral Health President and CEO John Boyd resigned from his position after eight months. The Economowoc-based health system's chief operating officer, Cindy Meyer, was named the interim president and CEO. In its first quarter since combining Advocate Aurora Healthcare and Atrium Health, Advocate Health broke even. Operating income was $10.4 million. Milwaukee-based luxury apartment developer Mandel Group is planning 270 new units near the former Olympia Ski Hill in Oconomowoc. It is part of a 236-acre development that would include commercial uses and around 350 owner-occupied housing units. I'm Margaret Nachak with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.